Welcome back to another episode of Bed Letter. I'm your host, Christian Ashleman, and this is the podcast where we chat a bit about our psychohuman brains, a little about our loony human behavior, and a lot about how it all fits together. So today we are on episode 36. Uh, thank you so much to those who've been out there following along with the episodes as they've been releasing every Tuesday and Friday. I appreciate all of you for taking the time to to listen to the podcast, listen to Bed Letter. Uh, it means a lot to me. If you know someone who you might think would enjoy Bed Letter, please feel free to share the podcast with them. And if you're interested in signing up for the monthly newsletter or in joining the Bed Letter community Discord server, head to cashleman.com. That's C-A-S-H-L-I-M-A-N.com. On my site over there, I have a blog that I write on as well as other info on editing, tutoring, and mentoring services that I offer. Um, if you want to help support the show, I do have a Patreon page, and if something in the show sparks a question or a comment and you want to share, you can head to my blog or the community Discord server or to my Instagram page, at cashleman. All of those are fantastic places to share your thoughts. So today is episode 36, like I said, and we're going to start off today by kind of talking about a uh, article I found and it was pretty interesting. There's a lot of research that's done pretty frequently about depression and about um, about how to fight depression, how to you know who who is easily affected by depression and and different cycles of of depression and how how that affects humanity as a whole and all, you know all kinds of things. There's so many so much research on depression, right? Some of it is is solid and strong and some of it is is probably pretty flimsy at best. Um it's a very popular thing and it makes sense why there's such a huge emphasis on uh research on depression in the psychological field because we're human beings and we hate being sad and uh, if most people i feel like nine out of ten people maybe eight out of ten people if you uh, ask them what they want for their life or what they're what they chase in life the the thing would probably be happiness right um their goal is to to a lot of people the most common goal i would i would think um for in humanity would be to achieve and maintain or find happiness, right? And depression and sadness is in direct contradiction to that. And so that's why, I mean, obviously you're going to see so much uh, of an obsession with being able to fight it, being able to um, kind of conceptualize what it even is, right? So I found this article and it's titled, Depression Affects Visual Perception. Information processing by the brain is altered in depressed individuals. A study conducted at the University of Helsinki found that in depressed patients, the processing of visual perceptions is also different. And uh, this this article was posted at the on March 29th, 2021. So just at the end of last month, um, I I hadn't really seen it. I I through a lot of different articles and maybe this one just slipped by me but I hadn't really seen it and then and then it caught the my, caught my eye so um, again the author is from the University of Helsinki her name is uh, Anu Koivusipila oh that is a that's a tough one um, so I'm not even going to attempt to say that name again because I will just butcher it but it's in Health News uh, posted on the University of Helsinki on their website and the research was conducted there as well so, 
It starts off. Researchers specialized in psychiatry and psychology at the University of Helsinki investigated the effects of depression on visual perception. The study confirmed that the processing of visual information is altered in depressed people, a phenomenon most likely linked with the processing of information in the cerebral cortex. The study was published in the Journal of Psychiatry and Neuroscience. Fascinating. My, My first take is, I mean, I don't even know what to think. I mean, I guess it kind of, I guess it kind of, those dots could be connected, right? Um, I think out of the gate, uh, well, actually, it's kind of funny. The thing that I think of is, is like what types of emotions might affect your physical world, right? What types of emotions and mental processes might affect your physical perception of, of reality? And the first one that popped into my head is like when you're angry, you see red, which <laughs> obviously that's more of a saying, not necessarily uh something that is like manifesting itself on your you know in the physical world as you actually seeing red but that being said i would be very interested to see the the effects of of that when someone is at like a peak level of anger uh not necessarily if they're going to see a different color but if their view um, of uh, maybe their visual perception is is lessened, right? Maybe there's somewhat of a tunnel vision. Maybe there's somewhat of a, a blurring a without realizing, right? Um, and it's fascinating. So that's one thing that I'm just asking right out of the gate is depression is affecting visual perception. What else could be, right? There's all kinds of things that could be. And, and like I said, it could be, uh, it could make quite a bit of sense as to why these dots are kind of connected because, um, obviously your visual sense is a very important one. It's one that we hold hold very dearly and hold um, to to a high degree. It is, well, to a high degree, it's our one of our biggest notifiers as to uh, danger and um, things that we're looking for, things that we're chasing, things that we're moving towards, right? It's one of the biggest things that we rely on to um, for for how we believe things, right? Lots of people will say they don't believe things unless they see them type that that type of thing, right? And so it it could it does make sense that this type of uh intense emotional uh, experience like like diagnosed depression and we are talking about clinically diagnosed depression here, right? Uh not just someone who is saying they're depressed or sad. Um clinically diagnosed depression. Anyway, so the the article goes on In the study, the processing of visual information by patients with depression was compared to that of a control group by utilizing two visual tests. In the perception tests, the study subjects compared to the brightness and contrast of simple patterns. What came as a surprise was that depressed patients perceived the contrast of the images shown differently from non-depressed individuals, says Academy of Finland research fellow Viljami Salmela. Patients suffering from depression perceived the visual illusion presented in the patterns as weaker and, consequently, the contrast is somewhat stronger than those who had not been diagnosed with depression. The contrast was suppressed by roughly 20% among non-depressed subjects, while the corresponding figure for depressed patients was roughly 5%. Okay, so it's it's interesting. So they actually have these, these four uh, these images, right? Um, and these are the images that they showed to the patients. And if you want to see the images, feel free to, uh, the easiest way to do that would be definitely to sign up for that newsletter. Um, 
and you can see the background. You can actually get links straight to the article and stuff like that. But just to describe the images, um, the first two images are a con a contrast induction um, image test, right? So there's two squares, and then within each of those two squares, there's two smaller squares. And all of the squares are gray, but the first square, um, the first big square, is a darker gray than the second square. And so what it makes it look like is that the two two smaller squares that are on the inside are um, different colors when actually they are, are the same exact color. It's just the outside square that's a different color. But the perception of that and, and the perception of those different colors makes it look like the um, the inner squares are two different colors completely when you look at them side by side, right? In reality, they are the same exact color. And it's a similar similar test for the other two uh, images um, in contrast suppression. Um, again, two squares, and then inside those two squares are two smaller squares. Um, but on the second test, it's it's the squares are striped and have lines down them, running uh, top to bottom and then left to right. And uh, the inner squares is a similar situation. Again, with the inner squares being actually the exact same contrast color and everything. Now, when a healthy person looks at these at these uh, images, typically what they're going to see is a big difference, big contrast there, a big difference between the first image and the second image. We see uh, the first image as being very bright. Um, the, the, the square on the inside is being very bright, and the second square on the inside being as a little darker. Like I said, in reality, they are the same exact color. Um, but we just see that, uh, uh, as this as this research is saying, a, a healthy, uh, non-clinically depressed patient was seeing these images as um, they were seeing that visual perception trick, right? Depressed patients were not seeing it as strongly, though. They were seeing way less. They actually were seeing that similar color. Now, the article goes on saying that identifying the changes in brain function underlying mental disorders is important in order to increase understanding of the onset of these disorders and of how to develop effective therapies for them. This is why the researchers consider it necessary to carry out further research on altered processing of visual information by the brain caused by depression. It would be beneficial to assess the further and further develop the usability of perception tests as both research methods and potential ways of identifying disturbances of information processing in patients, Salmela says. So very interesting. I think that um, again, they're they're asking they're asking more questions, and they are wanting to go move forward with additional you know research in regards to how we process visual information depending on our mental state. That being said, they are keeping it in the realm of depression, at least for this one. And and while that's fine, I would be very interested to see how something like this affects somebody who is, um, I don't know, uh, they could even tie in some kind of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like where, depending on where someone is in that, that hierarchy, right, whether they're, um, they've achieved self-enlightenment or whether they're towards the bottom and still trying to achieve just like, you know, shelter and, and food and the, the basic necessities. Um, testing different people and where they're at and, and their visual perceptions, I think that would be fascinating to see how um, not necessarily just depressed versus happy or depressed versus non-depressed, right? But like just the different the different levels of... Um, I guess you could call it self-actualization or the different levels of of where someone could be at mentally um, in their journey and how that 
that specifically plays into their perception of the world around them, whether it be in the physical, like brightness and contrast and things like that. Um, fascinating stuff. And so just to uh, tie it out, um, the article does say towards the end, perception tests could, for example, serve as an additional tool when assessing the effect of various therapies as the treatment progresses. However, depression cannot be identified by testing visual perception since the observed differences are small and, and manifested specifically when comparing groups, Salmela points out. And this is a good thing to point out. I think um, when you when you start reading this kind of research, it's like when you read any research, right, you, 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 you get really close to it. And so when you get close to anything, it kind of becomes what you're looking at. And it's really easy for for people to, you know, for, for anybody to start thinking um, of a million different ways you can use this type, this type of thing. And while, while there are going to be lots of ways you can, and viable ways you can test people for various, you know, different benchmarks uh, during the, the curing of their depression, right? Um, this, this would be, as they said towards the end, not a good way of testing for depression, but a good way of testing for benchmarks in the curing of it. Um, it could be a good way of just seeing where, where patients are at therapeutically. It also seems like a very easy test to do. I mean, visual tests don't usually take very long. It doesn't need to, the patient doesn't need to sit and look at it for very long before they can give you an answer as to what level of, of contrast or, or not that there is. Right. And so, it's really interesting, though. I, I find while the article isn't long and the, the tidbit, you know, the, the, the little piece of, of neuroscience and psychiatry and psychology that they've delivered to us here is not – it's not like a huge golden nugget. But it's so fascinating to me because even small things like this can sort of uh, paint, again, a bigger picture. They kind of show you how intertwined everything is inside of you is how intertwined everything is i feel like so many people um and it's such a common belief that psychology and mental process is a separate animal and a separate beast from um everything else in their life right it's a separate thing from their uh work and their their play and the things they do for fun they separate these two things out and and they're they're not they're not separate at all they're actually so hand in hand that they affect each other drastically all the time every moment of your day um and i think it's an old kind of archaic view to think that uh to think that to think that you can exist and go through life and take life's blows on you know on the chin and 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 stuff it down with some brown or whatever you know what the saying is and 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 all that and at the same time not pay any heed or mind to um the fact that psychology and your mental your mental health takes it takes time it takes work active work uh work that you participate in that you are an active member in not something that you just forget about and uh, allow to go by the wayside. I mean, if, if you do, which, I mean, everybody does sometimes, right? Even the most self-enlightened man walking the face of the earth would uh, can't be perfect all the time or ever, right? But it's the idea that all of these small subsystems within our body um, and within our mind and within our brains and all of these activities that we participate in, they're all intertwined so heavily, 
so heavily. I mean, they're like I, they're defi- they're finding that depression is affecting your what you see, and when you're awake, you are seeing constantly, and so that's a pretty big motivator, I would think. Um, uh, you know, among among other things, as to why or how or not necessarily how, but a motivator as to um to improve your mental health to to keep bookmarks on it and to do the things necessary as an individual to step out and give yourself the best shot that you can. So anyway, really interesting stuff. I think that, uh, I think that again, just don't forget how intertwined things are. Everything is not black and white separated out into its all tiny little specific separate parts. You know, everything is a lot more wired in and connected and linked up than we all, than we think. Um, but anyway, I think that's where I am going to wrap up this episode. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, and if you have enjoyed it, be sure to follow the bed letter on whatever platform you prefer to listen to it on. Remember that you can add your name to the monthly newsletter list. You can join the community Discord server and more over on my website, cashleman.com. If you're interested in supporting the show directly, I also have a Patreon page with some really cool benefits. Uh, If anything from today's episode sparked a thought, please, please feel free to share that thought in either the Discord or in the comments section on my blog or on my Instagram, at cashleman. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. I really, really appreciate you guys, and I hope you have an awesome week, and I'll see you next time on Bed Letter.